Welcome to Ignited by Hope, where we inspire greatness through unconditional love. My name is Jesse, and each week we will explore topics that help us achieve a fuller understanding of ourselves, our relationship with spirit, and our relationship with others. We are changing the world one heart at a time, giving people a place to call home on their spiritual journey. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Ignited by Hope podcast. I'm Jesse, and if you are joining us for the first time this week, I am the founder of Ignited by Hope. I've got my amazing hubby bear with me. That's me. This week, we are going to spend some time talking about conscious connection. It is something that I have spent quite a bit of time thinking about, processing, and just becoming aware of what it is, and I hate it. The whole idea of conscious living, which is a, it's not a thought process, it's just like this way of living in the circles that I typically run in. So more of like the holistic community, meditation communities, they have this theory of conscious living. It's supposed to bring you into this place of greater connection with yourself, greater connection to the things around you. You basically bring yourself out of autopilot and put yourself into the driver's seat. Which if you're actually driving, you should definitely do because we all know most people on the road drive like they're on autopilot. Exactly. And we all see how well that works. I don't know where you're listening from, but here in Mesa, Arizona, people drive like they are batshit crazy 24-7. They are not connected consciously. No, not at all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I tried so hard to get into this whole idea of conscious connection, conscious living. You probably didn't realize it at the time because you know how I am. I don't always share with you these newfangled things that I'm trying. <laughs> She's talking to me just in case you were confused. Yeah, I'm talking to the hubby, the man sitting across from me. All of that time that I spent just like sitting and contemplating what our house wanted and how I could turn making coffee into this beautiful ceremony that brought my day to fruition. You remember those few months of that bullshit? Nope, I probably wasn't paying attention. Okay, he slept since then. That's kind of how his memory works. I don't remember movies 24 hours after watching them. He doesn't remember pointless information. But I did, you guys. I just, everything with conscious living, the way I understand it, is that you literally take and put conscious effort. So like brain wavelength effort into every aspect of your life. Dishes becomes this thing that while you're doing dishes, you have this attitude of gratitude and it's this spiritual thing that you do. And when you're cooking, you imbue it with all of this holiness and it's exhausting. It sounds <laughs> based on nothing. Quite frankly, just from my point of view, dishes is never going to be anything spiritual for me. I don't know about you folks, but now cooking, on the other hand, I will all day long agree that if you cook with love, that food tastes better. So if nothing else, conscious connection to your cooking makes your food taste better, do it. Right. But to do it 24 
four, seven, to be using your mind power and putting energy into every last little thing that you do. It's exhausting. I mean, I don't know about you ladies, but you know, when you're on a road trip, there is nothing better than sitting in that passenger seat with your feet hanging out the window, watching the cows go by. You don't have to think, you don't have to talk. You literally just get to be. The doing stops and the being begins. That is the underlying desire in conscious living, is to have the ability to appreciate life in deeper ways. And what I've discovered is that by trying to consciously put effort into living that way, you are actually taking away your opportunity for deep connection because your mind's in control, not your heart, not your soul. Deep connections are made when you get out of your head and into the moment. Absolutely. And I think I know some of my best ideas come from daydreaming, which requires zero effort. That's why people have the best ideas in the shower. Yeah, or on the toilet. You know, you're in a space where you're not in your head. You're really getting in touch with your higher self when you are in that space of being. When I was asked to write about conscious connection, my heart kind of sank because I'm like, how am I supposed to talk about something that I don't personally do? I don't personally believe in it. Right. You put no stock in it. How do you intelligently write about it? Right. And for those of you who don't really believe in in the woo-woo side of things, bear with me. Plug your ears for a minute because I believe in it. That's why I'm a reverend. <laughs> I was asked by the universe to to discuss this. It's my higher power that has come to me and said, I need you to share this. And I'm like, okay, but what do you want me to say? The more I sat with it, what I was being asked to talk about is the connection that we have with ourselves, the connection that we have with others, and the connection that we have with our higher power. That looks different for everybody, and yet it is the basis for everybody's life. And I know that because whether you are atheist, whether you are Christian, whether you are Muslim, I don't care what religion you are. I don't care what your skin color is. You have it ingrained into your DNA to be loved, to love others, and to be a part of your community. That in itself is spiritual. So even if you don't have a higher power, you in some respects still live a spiritual life. Absolutely. And community is huge. And that is really what conscious living and conscious connection is about. So would you say that conscious connection or conscious living is just another new tag phrase or a new way to say being present in the moment? Exactly. When you get away from the mind and you be present, that's when those actual connections start to happen. You know, you can think of it in terms of, and I'm going to say it, having sex. Everybody out there who has had sex knows what it means to get lost in somebody. I mean, the world disappears. Yeah, I mean, you don't hear anything. You don't see anything but the other person. It's, like you said, you're truly lost in the other person. 
And that is really what deep connection is. You can have those types of moments at any point in time. And it does not have to involve sex. It's this space that you drop into without conscious thought. It is not something that you can actively think about. It's not something that you do. It's something that you are. It's something that you feel. It's something you experience. When you're in your mind, when you're in your headspace, you can't get there. Oh, absolutely. It's like you said, it's, you know, put it however you want, but it's a, it's a spiritual connection. It's a heart connection. It's not a conscious effort connection. Like for us, like doing the podcast, having a conversation, when we get in deep conversation, we have that connection. So for us, doing this podcast and talking to you nice folks is just like having sex. Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) We are not going to dive into that, though, because that's getting a little bit too intimate. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a correlation? (laughs) What he's trying to say is... I think, (laughs) is that there's an intimacy that exists even when we are doing these podcasts. Absolutely. And I really think that that is what life is supposed to be about. I think that that is what all of us are constantly searching for and never find. We're not connected with ourselves. And in order to be connected with other people with that level of intimacy, you have to be connected with yourself first. Absolutely. You know, layman's terms or or colorful metaphor, whatever you want to look at it as. Think of it as you being yourself, being connected to yourself is a one of those, you know, multiple outlet strips that you plug into the wall. And your connection with other people are other things, lamps or whatever, being plugged into the outlets in that strip. If that outlet or that strip is not plugged into the wall, it's not connected to that power, there's there's no connection to be had with the other items being plugged in. So if you're not connected to yourself, you cannot connect to others. Not genuinely. It's a cold connection. Right. There's, no, there's nothing to be transferred. There's no exchange. Yeah, it's, it's very one-sided. Yeah. It's off-balance almost. And when we have those off-balance relationships and those off-balance energetic exchanges, we get to this place of just being lonely. It feels forced. Yeah. And you can be in this room with a thousand people and still be lonely. And I see that happening all the time. It is something that I've experienced before when I didn't know who I was and I felt lost. I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, God, how did I get into that place? It's such a muddled mess when you get in there because you feel like you can't connect with other people. You know you can't connect with other people, but you also can't figure out how to get past it. And that's where most of us are at right now, I think. COVID has changed everything. It has. It it sounds big and dramatic. And for some it isn't, for some it isn't. But it is definitely, there's no denying it's impacted the way that we interact with each other and the way that we attempt to connect with each other. I think it's showing the lack of community. I think it's really bringing to the surface the lack of community that we have. Oh, yeah. It's making it a glaring sore. Beforehand, it was kind of this thing where you could, you know, kind of pretend like community was there even though it really wasn't but now it's this big huge stark scary thing that is just looming over all of us 
Yes, everyone is very much more so feeling disconnected from one another and just cut off. Right. And the question that I've had rattling around in my brain with all of this is how much of that disconnect with community is because of the disconnect that we have with ourselves individually? Because there's no denying the fact that there is that disconnect. We've just entered into a world where you can kind of sort of be yourself. Sort of. I mean, it's, you know, it's better than it's ever been. Yeah. It's no longer illegal to be gay. You can openly be trans, you know. Yeah, there's still some taboo things like your multiple wives and poly relationships. And I think humanity is always going to have something that they struggle with. Right. But it's better than it's ever been. Yes. And yet we still battle with this whole connection thing. We constantly are searching for that deep, meaningful connection when it's right in front of us. It's within us. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I think it definitely ties back to what we were talking about last week with being authentic. Oh, absolutely. You can't be in a true relationship without authenticity. Right. So you're going to you're going to force and force those connections. Nobody ever real, really feels comfortable, whether it's you or them. No one really ever feels connected truly. And so you have almost this host of pseudo relationships that just never feel fulfilling. So then that brings the question to my mind of if authenticity is a requirement for true connection in our relationships, then the heart of conscious connection or conscious living is really authenticity, right? I'd say just about everything starts there. So then how is it that we live in a world that hasn't figured that out yet? I mean, if it's that simple and it's staring us in the face that in order to basically fix what is going on in our own worlds, in our own society, is simply to be authentic... Why are we still all in this rigmarole of never being able to have authentic connections? Because unfortunately, we as humans in our societies throughout time, we always look outward for reason, outward for why things are the way they are or whose fault is what. We don't ever look inward, ever. That's not true. There's a lot of people that look inward. I mean, hello, self-help industry. (laughs) That's all about looking inward. Outwardly, it's about looking inward. But how many of those people writing those books, giving those speeches of those, you know, let's say there's 100, how many of them actually do that? How many do the things that they teach? I don't know because I don't know them. Well, exactly. So it's it's hard to say how you can always be looking outward for the why and the who. But if you never square yourself away, we're not in a society of uh, accountability. So if you don't hold yourself accountable, how can you develop a quote unquote conscious connection with somebody else? You don't even answer to yourself. Hmm, that's definitely some serious food for thought because you're right. Accountability is it's huge. You know, getting out of that victimhood mentality. And I know that I hit people over the head with that a lot. Don't play the victim. Don't play the victim. You can look at pretty much anything I've ever written or recorded. I talk about not being the victim. Right. Which is not to say you can't feel bad for yourself. We for all have- a certain amount of time. You yeah. don't get to play the pity party your entire life and no, then no, wonder absolutely why your not. life sucks. Absolutely not. No. If you have a bad day, take note of the fact that you had a rough day. Acknowledge that. Yeah. You can say today sucked. You know, acknowledge you had a rough day, cut yourself some slack, and then move on. Text your husband and say, I really need a chai. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It can definitely be a chai day. 
that's what that's kind of our code word in the in our house is I need a chai is code for my day has been shitty and I need something that is just pure joy. And Absolutely. that's chai for me. Yeah, those uh those small little happinesses. So how does one begin to try and do this conscious connection as it's being delivered? God, with the rabbit hole that we have gone down of associating authenticity and accountability and victimhood, and obviously victimhood then gets linked to trauma. I mean, like, we have gone down this rabbit hole of so much interconnectedness that the only thing I can think to say in response to that is co-creation. That's that's what it boils down to. If you want to have a conscious connection, a deep connection, a true connection, connection, then you have to co-create your reality. Which is to say it takes two to tango. Or three or four. You know, in my world, co-creation is the relationship that I have with the universe, with God, spirit, the cosmos, you know, my angels, my guides, all of us co-create my reality. And I have to be in alignment with that reality. Otherwise, nothing can come to fruition. And then you and I co-create I was going to say, I don't know about all that. That's a little bit above my pay grade. But for me, um, I co-create with the universe, also known as Jesse. So for me, I co-create with you. I co-create our day to day. You know, we've had three children. We've co-created our children. We co-create our life together. Something as simple as a conversation, you are creating something just in that conversation. Give credit to the small things. You know, and going back to the word conscious, you know, through this conversation, maybe my distaste for having conscious connection isn't necessarily as big as I thought it was. I think it's reaffirmed it for me because I think, like you were saying initially, that the term in itself, conscious connection, takes away from it because... You make a conscious effort to attempt to have the, the, the connection, whether that's with yourself or the universe or another person. You're making a conscious effort. You're, you're making that decision, that choice. But you can't force a connection. So I really feel that it just comes down to being present. And you're not always present, but you should be present for the things that matter. Whether that's on a serious note, you know, talking to your children, speaking with your spouse, comforting a sick loved one, things like that. Be be conscious, be present for those things. But for me, I'm sure a lot of people listening have done this too. You get in traffic on the way home and you're driving, you go autopilot and you don't remember half the drive. I'm not going to miss those memories. Now, as long as I'm driving safely... But how can you drive safely if you're on autopilot? I've been doing it for years. Just trust me on this. (laughs) Ignore him. Don't drive home on autopilot. Okay. I don't want to get sued for somebody that says, hey, I heard on Ignited by Hope that it's okay to drive on autopilot. If anybody needs pointers, just uh, reach out to Jess. She'll let me know. Uh, No, uh, scratch that. Ignore (laughs) him. Ignore him. (laughs) Do we need to end this right now? But no, in seriousness, it's it really seems like it's just another way to say, be present. Not sound cliche, live in the moment. Sometimes that's a big moment. Sometimes it's a little one. But just take stock in the things around you that you're doing from day to day. I don't know about attitude of gratitude or um, finding joy in doing dishes and things like that or scrubbing floors or whatnot. But a, a good example. So obviously the day that we got married, I took a lot of joy in that. I was present for that. And that's part of me. I carry that forward with me as I go through life. But I still find an equal amount of joy in smaller things like make sure you have coffee in the morning. 
And he does, you guys, every single morning. So he leaves for work before I usually get up. But every single morning, there is a clean coffee cup sitting underneath the Keurig spout. Every morning, like clockwork. And I take joy in that. It's Is it as profound of a event as the day we got married or the day my children were born? To me, it is. It's coffee. (laughs) Don't come between me and my morning coffee. You know, it might not be as large of an event, but it's a small joy that I can enjoy every day. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Find the, the moments of happiness, big or small. Find those little moments of connection that you can really savor every day. Every opportunity that you get, savor those connections. I don't think it's just savoring them. I think it's creating them too. Yeah, which does, again, take a conscious effort. You have to make the choice. Right. And that's, I think, what everything in life boils down to is that choice. You have to reach out. Right. Everything is a choice. I think the one thing that isn't a choice necessarily is things that happen to us. But you can't use those as an excuse. You have to still make the choice to move past it. And so when but when you're in that you know pit of despair, how do you find those happy moments? How do you find those things to have joy in when it feels like everything is crashing down around you? You got to pull on your own strength. Everyone has that strength. You have to find it, though. They do. Some are more inherently stronger than others. Sure. Whether that's spiritual strength, emotional strength, or physical strength. You know, it takes all takes all types. But you have to just dig deep. It might not be on the first day. It might be on the, the second week. But as long as you're trying, that's all you can really ask of yourself. It's just put forth the effort. Dig deep and you will find your way back to finding those small joys again, regardless of what's going on in your life. As you attempt and try and put forth the effort to do it more often, it will come more naturally to you and you will be able to grab a hold of those a little bit quicker each time. I like that answer. I'm very much from the school of thought that everything we know we're taught. And so I think that that lends itself to that belief. You know, you can teach yourself to be joyful. You can teach yourself to be grateful. It might not be easy. Oh, absolutely not. You know, but it's still possible. And it won't even be all the time. Right. I mean, and like, that's the thing that drives me nuts about gratitude is this whole gratitude thing where you have to be grateful even when things suck. You're Yeah, you're expected to, to that, always be happy and joyous. Right. To me, that is false connection. That's false a lot of things because to expect that out of anybody is unrealistic. And yes, there is always something to be grateful for. Oh, sure. But you have to be real with where you're at. You know, I am so grateful for where we live because we have a roof over our head. Yeah. But I don't want to stay here much longer. No. We desperately need more space. And you need to cut yourself the the slack, you know, uh, to quote a friend of Jess's that made a comment. You have to give yourself grace to allow yourself the opportunity to hit the pause button on being grateful 
and let yourself be pissed off about what's happening because your sorrow or your anger or your frustration is just as important or just as valid as your desire or need to be grateful. They're all equally important. So you can't sacrifice one for the other, which is why you should never expect that in being grateful or attitude of gratitude, things that rhyme, one of my favorites. That you're expected to just have that all the time. That's a falsehood. And anybody telling you to do that, you should stop listening because it's not realistic. It's it's not human. Honoring those emotions, the ups, the downs, all of it, honoring those feelings is part of being connected with yourself. Yeah. You, I mean, it's you a have to huge be connected. piece of it. Yeah, you have to be connected to even know that those feelings are occurring. Right. And with, you know, I know so many times in helping people through grief, for some reason, it seems like when people enter a state of grief, whether it is the loss of a loved one, a cancer diagnosis, changing jobs, you know, there's there's all these things that involve grief. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, people seem to think that they are not allowed to grieve. They're not allowed to feel what they want to feel during the grieving process. And then we wonder why death causes disconnect. It's because everybody is ignoring their connection with themselves. Well, a lot of us don't want to have to deal with the hard emotions, the the sadness, the grief, the overwhelming anger and being furious because it's it's not fun to deal with it, but it's important to deal with it. And so it does cause disconnect because people would much rather just turn their head and look the other way and pretend it's not happening. I think that's a societal thing too. Because oh, absolutely. we've gotten to this place where everything is labeled positive and negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. I don't say that I hate things very often, but God, do I hate that one because there is no such thing as a positive and a negative emotion. Right. They're, they're hard, yes. I mean, <laughs> oh, if you guys go back and look at one of the very first videos I ever recorded, you know, I'm sitting there crying in a video over the death of somebody that I loved that has been gone since 2004. Right. But emotions are just emotions. They're neutral. As you often say, it's the seasoning of life. Right. Absolutely. They're meant to guide us. They're meant to help us. They're wonderful. Emotions are wonderful. Yeah, good or bad. But they're not good or bad. Well, and I, <laughs> and I don't mean this in like positive and negative emotions. I mean, good or bad is in you're feeling joy or you're feeling sorrow. It's what gives life flavor. The fact that we have an expiration date is what makes life valuable. It's the same thing. Nobody, well, I can't say nobody because I know a few people that like to eat their food without anything on it. But. Most of us enjoy some flavor to what we're what we're eating. And life is the same way. If you had to choose to go through life without emotions of any kind, that just seems like it would not be a very enjoyable life. You'd be missing out on so much because both joy and sorrow, what are typically labeled, like you said, positive and negative emotions. So the good and the bad, both sides of that coin increase the value of your life they're required you can't understand one without the other yeah there's no there's no shadow without light and insert every other cliche remark you can with regards to you know the yin and the yang you you can't you can't have one without the other one doesn't exist without the other and the other one has no value without its counterpart so then would it be fair to say that 
we have to start accepting our emotions in order to truly have conscious connections. I think you'd absolutely say that. I think if you want to have authentic connections, you have to accept your emotions and the level of connection. You can have an authentic connection and be struggling completely with everything we've talked about today. That's okay. And with time, your connections will just become stronger as you sort out whatever you got to sort out and they sort out whatever they got to sort out. You'll each benefit from a stronger connection with yourselves and with each other. I think that's compassion. Absolutely. that's, That's the very definition of compassion is when you're able to have an authentic connection with someone exactly where they're at. Yeah, and allow that allow yourself that compassion. Connection is what makes the world go round. You know, I think about, you know, like when the girls were born, each and every one of them, when we stared into their little face for the very first time, and you just have like this overwhelming sense of love that washes over you. And it is so deep and so strong that it's terrifying. It is a bit overwhelming. You know that you will never love someone as fiercely as you love them. And I've had that happen three times over. (laughs) And each and every time your heart gets bigger. You know, you you make more room. We don't have to limit that deep connection and that unconditional love to the relationships that we have with our children. We need to, I think, open ourselves up to being willing to have those kinds of connections with the adults in our lives. Yeah, you can have meaningful connections and intimate connections. We're not talking physically intimate, but spiritually and emotionally intimate connections with people who are not your children or not your spouse, just the people in your day-to-day life. You can have those connections and both of you or all of you, you know, however many people are involved, you will all benefit from that. It will help everybody grow. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. If you'd like to connect with us, feel free to reach out on our Facebook or Instagram pages, which you can find linked in the about section, or leave us a comment here on the episode. Blessings to you as you move about your day. Until next time.